Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. This is your coach, your hostess, the founder of the Transformation Gold Coaching Training Academy, Nicole Devensenis. It's awesome to have you here. It has been a hot minute since I've podcasted major changes since the last time. I can't, I, I think it may have been October, September, October, last podcast that I did. And in the words of my very dear friend, Dave, he always says, you're making moves. I've been making moves. So this is totally exciting. I just got to catch you up to, to what's going on, where, where we've been, where we're going. All of the podcasts leading up to this point, really, and thank you for your patience and support moving along there. I was really at a, at a place where I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with my life quick little snippet that we're going to get into today's content, which is super awesome. It's about drawing people into your peace, not being sucked into their chaos. And we're coming up on Christmas. We're five days away from Christmas. It's December 20th, 2019. And I know this is the time of year that most people and in past years, also myself, get really stressed out around the holidays not just because it's so like action-packed and there's a lot of activities, but it's the people, right? Like the people that you have to put up with that always seem to just come in and, you know, stir the pot. That's what we're going to be talking about. So how do you not just kind of like coexist on opposite ends of the living room at the house of wherever your Christmas parties, holiday parties are going to be, is how do you actually operate from a very free, open and peaceful space? And those individuals who come in and stir up chaos, how do you draw them into your peace? That's what we're going to be talking about. But I have to tell you, every time you're at a transition point, so if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're at one of those points because, well, let's face it. The word transformation and transformation gold, it's talking about change. And transformation is not just like, oh my gosh, let me put on a different pair of shoes. Like transformation heralds like magnanimous change. Like, and when we're talking about yourself, it's change that goes all the way down to the cellular level. And that's who you are. Now for me, for years and years and years, I've always coached individuals who were seeking a physical transformation but actually what it was is every single one of them was at a major transition point in their life it was just they wanted to freshen things up and they wanted to start investing in themselves and one of the very first places that most people start when they're looking to do that sort of a a change in their life or things are going to be different like uh, at least the people who are, you know, around me and the people that I attract, they lead with fitness. And while fitness may be the goal, and fitness in terms of performance, fitness in terms of aesthetics, um, it's never the number one reason or goal why they seek me out as a coach. It always has to do with higher level coaching, where we bring in concepts from life coaching where we bring in organizational leadership coaching, where we bring in principles from business leaders, from um, 
faith walks and and developing yourself and I don't want to get off on like a hoity-toity like everybody hold hands like you become a snowflake and you're so passive and we sing kumbaya it's becoming a person of strength and I work more exclusively now with women than I ever have in years past so I used to say that I develop leaders and I do right now I'm working exclusively with women and I, I advertise myself as I develop women of strength and what that means is there's a difference between being a woman of strength and a strong woman whereas a strong woman always has to be right all the time and she has a very dominating presence about her that like crushes other people and not like she's a goal getter or a goal getter and she's really good at achieving her goals like she's got like that angry energy about her and she just don't need nobody and usually the strong woman doesn't have necessarily the best balance of power with any male counterpart like she seeks to dominate him as well and I usually work with individuals and now women of course who are very very goal oriented and one of the ways you know I had to learn about this myself as a coach anytime you're developing other people you know coach also you have to be highly invested in developing yourself is it's becoming a woman of strength who is very firm in her convictions has a very very well established value system has goals and can not only navigate and excel in today's society but she does so with grace you know think of the difference character wise or personality wise think you know princess diana versus i don't know any number of pop stars or you know quote unquote like famous people Right, and not, not that they're all bad, but you get you understand the contrast that I'm making there. Or, you know, a woman like she may be, you know, maybe not as feminine detailed as Princess Diana was. Maybe she, you know, dresses a little bit different. She has a little bit more athleticism in her. She's got a little bit more spunk to her. But anytime there's high pressure situations in any area, whether it this has to do with obviously like family parties or work conflict or anything like that she's able to navigate her way where people are drawn into her peace she is not sucked into chaos okay a woman of strength edifies her man a woman of strength doesn't always have to be right she usually listens and then will respond she doesn't fly off the handle and come back, you know, with like a reflexive, explosive, you know, answer to be right and dominate and it's my way and like that's not how she rolls. And the woman of strength is actually based on a woman who is in the Bible. And so if you've never been on this podcast before, 100% I am a woman of very strong faith and I am a modern woman, like I've been a career woman, you know, actually probably since I was like in junior high, I started working when I was eight years old in my family's business, but professionally I, I achieved and received my uh, nursing license, a registered professional nurse like over 20 years ago and have operated in like a professional 
you know, like career space. And I retired after a near like 20 year run at this. And what I started to say in the beginning of this podcast is for a long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. Like I had literally sunk every ounce of my DNA into becoming the very best practitioner in my period, like regardless of licensure, that was my goal. And I didn't know what I wanted to do afterwards. And when you listen to the previous podcast, kind of like tying this all together, you're going to hear that me saying that over and over and over and over and over. I don't know what it is I'm going to do. I didn't know. I was like stuck at this point. I myself was at a transition point. And one of the biggest questions that I had was when I left nursing and I went on, it was like a complete faith journey, if you would, where I started seeking truths out because of not just a career transition point. I was like at a, at a transition point with, it became everything in my life, like some really bad family habits and traditions and my family, like everybody has always gotten divorced and there's just all kinds of stuff and I I was seeking truth because I, I it was the only thing that I had known how I was being raised but I knew that some of it wasn't right but where do you go to get truth because if you go just to like anybody in the culture especially today like there's this whole like women's movement and the women are angry and more power to the women and it didn't resonate with me and so long story short I it I chance meeting or chance um, overhearing of a clip of a radio broadcasting um, that actually started me on my faith journey. So we can talk about it a different day, kind of summarizing here just so we can get to today's topic. Um, but I, I do bring faith into my podcasts. Okay, so, so be advised, like we're going to be going down this path. And when I was in my transition, I've always been a strong proponent and I guess you could even say practitioner of having role models and not just any old role model, like the best role model. When I was working at a nurse, as a nurse rather, and I was aspiring to become a flight nurse on a helicopter, I didn't go to, I was working in the emergency room, I didn't go to the charge nurse of the emergency room with the expectation that he or she was going to be able to groom me into becoming a flight nurse. I went to the most experienced and knowledgeable flight nurse who was in the program at my hospital and started having conversations, started asking questions and started following in his footsteps. Brucey, if you're listening, is like totally you. <laughs> so thank you for that. I was like a big, big, big proponent of having role models. And Melissa, if you're listening, like you were my role model too. And that's how you start to groom yourself. And so when you're doing this in your life, who are you going to look to? How do you get truth about really like how? How is a woman supposed to act? Is there expectations of her? How is she supposed to, you know, draw people into peace when the world is full of chaos? And I, so I was seeking a role model in the Bible is how it ended up. And I just thought to myself, I got to a point in my faith journey where I, you know, there's like the 10 commandments, there's like the book of Proverbs that 
it's pretty much like God's instruction book for how to live your life. Like it's it's like cut like black and white. Like this is what you do. <laughs> this is what you don't you do and and that. But a lot of it, as I was going on my faith journey, I was seeking teaching from individuals who could help apply biblical principle to today and when it comes to concepts of like leadership and understanding unconditional love like all these things I had for myself like and I don't want to say full understanding because I I know I have a lot of work to do yet but I I was understanding how all of this got placed in today's world what I didn't have clarity of was all the stories in the Bible about women in marriage, about women as moms. It only talked about women from that time. It didn't talk about a woman who was a career woman. And so, again, I this was my journey. Like, I questioned literally everything. Like, what? Well, am I supposed to be working? I mean, I took this like all the way down to like the level of the electron. It was crazy. And I don't even know how I knew that I needed to do it. I wasn't, I just knew that I wasn't comfortable enough just modeling myself after some of the characters or not characters, people in the Bible because we were different enough. Like core values were rock solid and how they handled themselves, you know, with husbands and this, like a lot of that was similar, but I, I didn't find any woman who was a working woman. So I was looking for her and you should know, like my mom is a really great example of, she was ahead of her time, I think in many ways, a working woman who was also very strongly vested at home. and. So she was there, but again, this was a time where I was questioning operations, if you would, and practices within my own family. So I ended up, you know, one thing leads to another, and I, I always believe, like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. There was this radio podcast, radio show, rather, that I was listening to, broadcasting, that started talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. And when you first saw Proverbs as a book in the Bible, and I love it because it's very cut and dry. You know, it says to do this. It says, you know, don't gossip. You know, if you're a parent, don't don't aggravate your children. And, you know, children respect your parents. Like, it's, it's like that. It tells you, you know, don't get drunk. Don't do drugs. You know, be a, a responsible steward of your money. Don't gamble. It's like that. And so when you read it, like, and it, once you understand like how the Bible is worded and there's different, different versions of it so that if you don't understand, you know, the these and the thous and the uh, hark, the, the herald angels, things like that sort of language, there's today's language, like the new standard, the NSV, I think is the version of the Bible, the new standard version. And, and you can get like today's language so you have better understanding but anyway back to the power 31 woman like this woman seriously had it going on like she was married she had children she owned a business she made clothes for all of her maids and she fed everybody and she was a real estate investor she owned property and she made sure that everybody was well taken care of and then the other element of her and so I was looking at this and I was like okay well you know that 
that I'm driving with that. That's cool. But the thing that really got me about her was it's towards the end of the verse. So the book of Proverbs, and then you go down to verse like to 31. And to give you the how she comes up anyway is there's this. Um, I think he's a prince and he's talking with his parents like the king and the queen about how does he find a good woman and that's how this conversation gets started so I think it was his mom was telling him that a good woman is more precious than rubies and starts like describing all of the elements that he should be looking for in the right woman you know it never once do they mention about how she makes him feel or whether or not he has fun they start outlining like what she does on a day-to-day and it really reflects on the quality of her character that she she's handling shit you know she's got like money on her mind she's investing for the long term so and she's also very disciplined obviously very intelligent and she is taking care of other people so she's you know she's got a very good heart about her but again the thing towards the end of the verse that really got me was that it talks about her husband in that everybody i should have looked this up um he's known well in the land because he's her husband like she the way that she speaks she speaks with kindness and words of wisdom and I thought to myself all right here she is like she's this working woman okay working in biblical times but working nonetheless she has familiar responsibilities for her husband for her children she obviously has a staff so you can consider those her employees like she's a business owner she's got multiple responsibilities and yet she speaks with this kindness and wisdom and apparently so often and so consistent that her husband is known because of her and not in an egotistical way like oh he's you're her husband like she's we love her we love her and once I got that I was I I was satisfied I was like that is a role model to freaking aspire to and at the time it was the whole not always saying the first thing that came into my mind that I know that I'm a kind individual and I know that I probably have a good great deal of patience but when I first came upon this it was at a time of major transition for me where finances were more than a struggle and if you've ever been seriously hard up for money where you don't have food like that um, I'll be the first to admit, I, it wasn't all sunshine and roses for me. And I probably should be a little bit more kind towards myself, but I have a very high expectation of how I want to be, the type of woman I want to be, and how I want to be with other people and, you know, out in the world. I don't, I don't want to suck people into my drama. But I'll tell you, like, it's been a long time in my life since ever having that much financial duress. And it's no wonder that people, and this is like, people become violent and they do all kinds of things just to get food on the table. And for me, 
handling that issue with making sure that I'm always speaking kindly and with words of wisdom despite your circumstances that was that was a challenge for real and I was also occasionally taking some contract work as a nurse (laughs) nurses may seem you know like we're all cute and all this stuff but man oh man you get a group of nurses together and they words f-bombs like worse than sailors I think sometimes but anyway that's the whole concept of this Proverbs 31 woman now I bring her up today because today's coaching is I'm, I'm talking to you ladies but gentlemen if you're if you're on the podcast you know perhaps you know this will give you greater understanding of the woman in your life and you can always pull great pearls You know, great nuggets of of gold, if you would, from all teachings, and it it will help you as well. So please, by all means, don't don't hop off the podcast here simply because I'm talking about becoming a woman of strength. Today's podcast is 100% focused on drawing people into your peace rather than allowing them to suck you into their chaos. So what brought this up, of course, is the holidays, but today I was... um, on a coaching call with one of my phenomenal clients and Karen I'm gonna say her name Karen's been with me it's I think like over 18 months I think we're going on two years here and she hired me I've actually known Karen my my entire life I knew her as a very very young girl growing up and she's always been a wonderful person and Karen if you're listening like that's you with a heart of gold and then you know we went to high school together everybody kind of goes like their separate ways and then we reconnected because Karen reached out to me to help her with some muscular development and overall aesthetics for her body so we've been working through that stuff and she's done just like a phenomenal job like if you ever (laughs) side note if you're a business owner and you have clients you want a client like Karen because I never have to like she always does everything that she says that she's going to do and she does it extra like if if I'm working writing a workout plan for her (laughs) she always does extra like she's (laughs) she like very 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 like the work ethic is like off the charts heart of gold and all these things so long story short we're working together she had a little um surgery actually major surgery uh, I think like eight or nine weeks ago and now she's we're in like a re-entry phase for her workouts again and she's killing it like she, she's got abs which are starting to come in and she's only been back in the gym for three weeks and she's she's awesome and I should tell you she's 47 years old I mean so like it, it's seriously like never too late ladies like whatever you have going on like for real as long as you do what you know we recommend for you to do the the programs that we outline for you and handle your nutrition like you're it doesn't matter how old you are like your body will flip and death so anyway we're at this point where fitness is great and we have a plan on how we're going to be working and ramping up her workouts you know through like the next quarter like we've got that on lock and we start talking about the holidays and company and people that is around her and I bring life coaching in with all of my clients it's never uh this is only fitness 
I bring it in with all of my clients so that the physique or the athleticism, fitness, it doesn't become an idol and you neglect everything else in your life. I'm, I'm simply not, I don't do contest prep or anything like that. Like we do champion mindset coaching and we get you what you want with your goals. But most of the people who seek me out have they want to have a more well-rounded life rather than necessarily dominate one particular sector. Okay, so that, that's just how it is. So anyway, we're talking about um, one of her goals is to have a little bit more patience. And the holidays are here and <laughs> like the situation, like you know how it is at the holiday time. It can make you sometimes, depending on who comes, if they're coming over to your house or if you're going over to somebody else's house, there's people who can come into, let's call it your space, can come into your space and they just, they stir shit up and they just bring chaos with them. And this could be into your professional space. Maybe you have encountered somebody who is literally angry all the time and you can be standing there. I, you know, used to work a major retail store and now it's a little bit, um, and it's not such a high, high fast paced place where I'm at, but it's retail nonetheless. You could be standing there with a beautiful grin and, you know, welcoming open arms and asking people a question, just greet them and they're like, bah! and like, oh my God, like I just, I said, hello, <laughs> I'm not here to high pressure sales you or do you know people like that or everything is fine and they just like they start shit at the dinner table or it gets to the point where no matter what you say, you feel like you're walking on eggshells and by the time you're, I always call it a transaction, I try to keep this like very logical and business like by the time the transaction is finished, you've had it like you're either like completely mentally and emotionally and sometimes physically exhausted after having to deal with these people or like we're done you're just like you've had it like you're fed up you know and you know it's going to be like this every single time and then you're thinking well maybe I shouldn't go and you know maybe I can lock myself in a in a hall closet until the thing is over and I can, if I can only make it through, you know, the next, you know, three days or four days and then I'll, then I'll be good. That's not how you're supposed to be living your life. Okay. So these are how our, these conversations actually come up. So the question becomes, is that when you're in these situations where you know it, maybe this isn't work, maybe this is the holidays and you know that Aunt Greta, no matter what you do, she has to like you could have 20 bazillion awesome things going on in your life first place that lady goes to is the fact that you are still not married and you still don't have any children and blah 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 blah. <laughs> okay if you're single like i've been there and it's like i don't even want to go why like if you're like a sitting duck just like waiting for people to come after you or you could be sitting there having, you know, a piece of apple pie and all of a sudden like, mm, should you really be eating that? I thought you said you were starting your diet. You know, your hips looking a little bit big, jeans a little bit snug. 
And you're like, can I not even just sit here in peace and just enjoy a piece of apple pie on Christmas Day? Right? (laughs) No matter, like they just come in and they start shit. Okay? And here's what I'd like to bring up to you. This is going to help you. So whatever that situation is for you, my job as your coach is not to pacify you and just be like, oh yeah, poor you and, and talk about how, you know, terrible this other person is and, you know, how you're suffering and sacrificing and blah, 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 blah. My job is to empower you with knowledge and skill sets on how to handle yourself so that, again, you're drawing people into your peace. You're not being sucked into their chaos. Okay? Now, we're going to start to break this down into a few different areas. When I speak with you, especially on topics like this, I'm wildly passionate about... Sometimes I, I may bounce just a little bit. It. Let me take that back. It's not a bounce. I will do what's called a sidestep. Meaning... I'll present a topic to you, but after it comes out of my mouth, because none of this, I don't read off of a script. I'm literally talking to you as though I'm standing in the front of a room or we're on a coaching call together so that you know exactly what you get when you're dealing with me, okay, or my company. Like, this is how we roll. And if you were here and if you were asking me questions, then you're not going to get the very, like a carbon copy or cookie cutter, you know, version of this. The, the concepts will be the same, but there has to be a little bit of fluidity on there. So anytime I'm presenting, you know, like a giant topic, sometimes what I'll have to do is give you some backfill information to, and then we'll bring it back around so that you can understand that big topic again. I call that a sidestep. Okay, and I'll try my best to remember that you're probably new for coaching with me. And so I'll give you those cues as to, okay, pause with that information right here. Let's take a sidestep over here and give you some some fill in information. Okay, so what I'm actually helping you to do is compartmentalize your mind. Because let's face it, when you're dealing with a very, very emotional situation, Okay, like what it's going to be like when you have to go to Aunt Greta's on Christmas Day or blah, blah, whatever the situation is at hand or deal with the boss or deal, whatever it is. Okay, the more command you have over your emotions, the easier it is to live a life of absolute peace and joy. But it's always a decision. Okay, I, I just dropped so many bombs right there. We could literally have like a six-month course on this. So this is we're talking about commanding your emotionality. We're talking about really what's champion mindset, having a mindset, making a decision that you're not doing this anymore. You're going to be doing something different. Okay, and all of this is coming through the lens of leadership where leadership is defined as self-governance. It's you're the change. Okay, it's not so much are you trying to influence other people to do things. And if you've ever read books by John Maxwell, like I have read John's books, he's been such a great educator. And I I call him a pseudo mentor because I've never met him yet. But I've learned so much through his curriculum that he defines leadership as influence. And I believe that. But I believe that leadership begins with you. 
So you have to have not just influence over yourself, you have to have command of yourself. You, it's self-governance is what it is. And that's where change always stems from. So here's your situation, okay? Your chaotic situation. Let's say, you know, you're like Karen and you have your whole living room set up so nice for Christmas. You've got, it looks like a, a scene out of like a Norman Rockwell postcard. You've got the fire going, the tree is lit, it's beautiful, like the dog is on the rug in front of the fireplace. It just is like stunning and spectacular. And then this person comes over and basically F stuff up. They, maybe it's, maybe it's little kids and they're like board games are everywhere. They got video games everywhere. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They're running around. They're tearing apart your house. (laughs) Hopefully it's the little kids and not like the adults, but you understand what I'm saying. And really in your heart of hearts, you're like, "I, I had everything handled here. Like this was all peaceful. And then you came in here and you basically F stuff up. Okay. Most of us, I think, retaliate or react with, like, this shit just isn't going to happen here. And that will work, okay? That will will curtail behavior, but it's not going to help the other person who probably doesn't even realize that they're instigating the chaos, okay? Now you're not going to be able to change anybody okay the conversation that karen and i had we were talking about minors we were talking about children and she you know plays like a large role of tremendous influence in these young kids lives and she's you know in a great spot to be very instrumental in helping you know some kids that she's around and grow into you know, children who have a little bit higher, more, a higher level of like emotional quotient and command of their emotions, but it it starts with her. Okay. So just like uh, me, when I was grooming myself as an ER nurse, some of the stuff, I mean, imagine that, that I saw, like when you see like the first kid ever, you, you take care of the first abused baby. I mean, you want to talk about emotions that go like pulsing through your veins, you just, uh, right? The nurse, you can't do that, okay? Every single, or if you're taking care of the person who, I took care of a guy one time, he shot a five-year-old, and then the cop shot him, and so I was his nurse, okay? And I knew what he did, and you have to have command over your emotions because even though he shot this baby I didn't sign up for the emotional transaction I took an oath to advocate for those individuals who are not able to advocate for themselves and to set aside my personal beliefs and my feelings to provide the best care like that and it's something that you have to do so for me 
grooming and checking and commanding my emotions was like a part of everyday life simply because of the job that I had. It actually started like a long time before that, but really in a, in a highly concentrated area, that was the path that I went through. So now for me working with individuals, perhaps you're not acclimated to that. You've never had the opportunity of being immersed in an environment where you're practicing the skill of commanding your emotionality. I want to set you guys up, give you a few little tactics and strategies here on how you can do that. So again, you're able to draw people into your peace. You're not allowing people to suck you into their chaos. So number one, it always starts with you, okay? And probably what we would call your Houston, we have a problem moment where you recognize like, Houston, we have a problem. You know, the chaos is here. This has gone on long enough and we're not going to do this anymore. All right. We're, we're going to, we're, we're literally transforming the, the environment. Okay. This, I'm not going to sit here and become like Gestapo, not going to have a hard time every time I see this person. Okay. And yes, there's something called boundaries. And as you grow to be an adult, you have full command over the individuals that you decide to place yourself around and not. Okay. But these are for the times when you are in a role, a role model role, if you would, and are going to be bringing up maybe the next generation or assisting families and working through elements of conflict or this is even applicable in the workspace okay you get what i'm saying so (laughs) separate thought i used to coach and teach and um, work with firefighters and they would always try to catch me on a technicality and um I just want you to know, like, as I'm saying things, I'm already like ahead of the game. So if you're thinking those things, like I already know. So I'm not talking about like the minute technicality right now. We're talking about, I guess what would be considered the rule, not the exception. Okay. All right. Great. Leveled the playing field. We're all here. So let's talk about this. Okay. Number one, you're having your Houston, we have a problem moment. Okay, you're recognizing that every time you go to Aunt Greta's, like it's just the same. Maybe that's not the best um, example. Whatever your example is, okay, you recognize like how things go down. You're around individuals who just like cause chaos, and that's not how you want things to go. Let's, you know what? Let's put this in your home. Okay, that's probably better because then you're at home court advantage. You're not in somebody else's house. You're at you're in you know your own place. Okay, so let's do that. Perfect. And here's what you need to know. When it comes to individuals who start drama and chaos, this goes like super deep. Number one, we're dealing with something called habit. Okay, if you've read any books or read any information on habits, habits are things that you do basically without thinking. You do them unconsciously. And believe it or not, behavior is a habit. I know you don't want to learn it or accept it. Like it's a habit. It's not a good habit. And yes, they probably should break it. But when it comes to changing habits, now you have to go deeper, okay? Into behavior, whether that's words, spoken words, typed words, and or actions, okay? Now, how easy is it to change a habit? Okay, first of all, you have to have awareness that the habit that you hold doesn't serve you well. (laughs) Second of all, 
to try to change what you is what you do unconsciously think about this when you brush your teeth do you or do you not basically brush your teeth the same way every single day like you use the same hand and you probably have a little like do you wet the toothbrush first and then put the paste on? Do you put the paste on and then wet it? Do you not wet it at all? Like, you know, what's your normal weight? And you probably brush the same exact weight. Now, if you tried to brush your teeth or if you have ever tried to brush your teeth with the opposite hand, how many of you, have you ever done this? When you very, I always try to like practice things with, with my non-dominant hand with my left hand. Just to see, just in case anything ever happened with my right hand, I just want to see how bad a situation I'd be in. And when you first start doing this, you're not really moving your arm or your your forearm. You're moving your head. <laughs> right? I can't be the only one. I know. <laughs> try it. If you've never tried brushing your teeth with the other hand, like try it the next time you before you brush your teeth this morning or before you go to bed at night, you know, wherever you are. Hopefully you brush your teeth. <laughs> And just, just see, like it's, it's, it's the example on how hard is it to actually break a habit that you're like, you just do, you've done it the same way, like all the single time. Okay. That's what you're dealing with people and their behaviors. Usually this is something that happens all the time. You're talking habit. Okay. So for them to change it, number one, they have to have awareness. Number two, they have to have acceptance of it. Okay, so just you're telling them that this is a problem doesn't mean that they necessarily believe that that's true or accept it, okay? So again, change first and foremost starts with you. So what I'm gonna do right now is I'm going to take our focus off of the individual who stirs up the chaos. I'm gonna put it on you for a second here, okay? Because you actually have to get your shit together in order to be able to exert influence over other people. Okay, you know that saying like every time you point a finger, there's three fingers pointing back at you. That's what we're doing here. This is what personal development is all about. Like when I start saying things, human nature is you're going to start thinking about people in your life who aggravate you, who, you know, this is describing. But the way to start training yourself, okay, so now we're doing actual habit training for ourselves is to look at this and apply it to yourself not to other people, okay? So pointing the finger is also a habit. We're asking that you draw this back to yourself, okay? This is what we call our internal work. Okay, so now you're actually gonna see how hard it is to break a habit because as I'm describing things, you're gonna wanna point the finger and say, oh my God, this totally like sounds like my mother-in-law. This sounds like so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we're breaking that habit Okay, and the recommendation, the invitation is for you to say, okay, how does this apply to me? Like, where am I actually guilty of doing this? Okay, and we just saw it right there because you're thinking about somebody else instead of of yourself. (laughs) I know, I know, it's like trippy, right? I know, that's why it's so cool. Okay, so you have to have awareness. You have to have acceptance, all right? And then you have to actually make the decision to do something different to break a habit okay so that's like the cerebral portion of it that's the mental portion of it that's setting your ego aside what we call surrendering the ego to say yes this thing 
that has probably deep roots within me, it no longer serves me well and it's time for me to clean this stuff up. Okay, I want to yank that weed out, like the whole entire root system that it is, clean up the giant hole that it probably left, like all the soil, like, you know, you pull those big, like, weeds out, you get that root system, and there's, like, all that dirt, and you're like, oh my god, like, no wonder this thing would never die, like, there's more roots on this thing (laughs) than what Nicole has on her head, because she needs to get her hair highlighted again, like, Dude, if, if no wonder I've been wearing a hat for like two weeks. <laughs> if you can't have fun, what's the point? Okay, so that's the cerebral portion of it. Now, the next part of correcting or changing a habit is the habit, you have to replace it with something else. Okay, and we're talking about drawing people into your peace, not allowing people to suck you into their chaos. So, Would you agree that when you, if you are a peace seeker by nature, and perhaps like most of your life, like you had it pretty peaceful, or maybe you don't, and you realize like, I just, I need to have peace in my life. You understand what peace is. And then when it's not peaceful, like it makes you not feel peaceful inside. And it gets like, it stirs up you probably like stirs up your adrenaline and like you just want to like put an end to this like knock it off okay like it happens if you're a parent like how many times have you had that with your kid when they're just like mom 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 he's touching me she's looking at me mom mom and you're like stop it (laughs) okay there you go like it happens all the time When you're looking, though, to exert your influence at a high level, the key is not to allow yourself to become wound up like that. Now, be advised. I'm not saying become a doormat, okay? As we walk through these things, I'm outlining for you your goal in terms of your emotionality. I am not by any means creating a weakling. Okay, you're gonna step your toe into this water and eventually like jump into the deep end if you would and immerse yourself. You're gonna work through this and you're gonna work and find a way that resonates with you and feels most natural for you. This is training, this is what you know happens here. Okay, (laughs) so once you identify that you're off kilter, you're not feeling peaceful anymore even though there may be an offending source, clearly, (laughs) the habit to retrain and correct is like you always want to handle the source. You have to establish peace within yourself. Like this is, we're not doing it this way anymore. And as you start to really embody commanding your emotionality and I believe like as a woman this is operating with grace under pressure is that you're it's not so much that you're unshakable thinking like athletes when they get into their zone I think of like Kobe Bryant when they you always see him you know clips of him he was walking down the tunnel and the mascot from whatever team would jump out at him and he never even like flinched like he was like stone cold like in his own that I'm not 
that's not this coaching. This is like you're very present with people and you could have somebody up in your face and like you're able to handle yourself without snapping, without losing your cool and you handle the situation and kind of like, you know, temper down some of the emotions in the environment and you establish peace in the midst of chaos. But it starts with you. That's why Gandhi said, be the change you want to see. It begins with you. Okay, so this is training for you. So we talked about, all right, number one, you have to have your Houston, your anvil on the head moment, your Houston, we have a problem moment. And acceptance, like how I'm being, okay, there may be chaos out there, but now we're going inward here. How I'm being inside, I can feel that I'm not at rest. I can feel that I'm anxious. I can feel that I'm aggravated. Like, like you're going to start to feel these feelings like pulsing through your veins and you have to learn on how to get command of that. It's not control. It's actually command. You're commanding your body on what it's going to be doing. You have a very primitive part of your nervous system. Um, it's called the limbic system. And it's very, very harsh, like way extreme emotions. Yeah! Like it's, it's primal. And anytime you experience extreme emotions, how do I say this? Like it's usually linked with two things. One, it was like a very, very, very impressionable emotional moment, but the root of emotions are actually body chemicals. So when you start linking those two and your your brain remembers this, anytime you feel inside of you the rush of those chemicals, what can happen is your brain simply identifies the chemicals and pulls, this is what it does, is it pulls the memory where it felt that way before. Let's um, anxiety. If you've ever been anxious about something, like anxiety, anxious, and excited, nervous, like those, it's pretty much like the same thing. It's just that you probably have more memories with feeling nervous than you necessarily do excited. Okay? So if you say, like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Well, are you nervous? No, I'm actually excited. Okay, it's the same chemicals which are percolating through. It's which one triggers your memory more. Usually the painful one. <laughs> the last time I felt this way, is like, oh my God, my boyfriend broke up with me. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is like trippy for real. Like you can go on and on. But this is when you understand why people do what they do, including yourself. Physiologically, like what the heck is going on inside of you? The easier it is to divorce your feelings from it, to discharge your feelings from it. I would say divorce, but I'm going to say the word discharge. Discharge means like you're on your way. Like, see ya, bye. Okay, and now whatever that emotional situation was, like you're looking at it from a higher vantage point. And whatever happening down there, like, you know what? You, you just, you don't deserve... You literally don't deserve my oxygen or my energy, my energy molecules, my ATP molecules, if you understand science. Like this situation, this person, this behavior, whatever they're doing, like it's not, I'm not devoting, I'm not allocating any of my resources towards this. 
okay? You're discharging those. It's starting with the ones that are inside of yourself. Okay, so that's like a physiologic aspect of it. Now, let's also look at one other thing here. Because if you, here, um, if you, what do I want to say? If you only view it through the lens of your mind in a very cerebral fashion, okay, what can happen is you lose women, you can lose your softness and your femininity, where you can become very standoffish. Nope, I'm not dealing with you. I'm not dealing with you. I'm not dealing with you. Okay, and if you're really working on conflict resolution or you're dealing, you know, with, you know, behaviors of all different sorts of things, we're created as a softer vessel. Again, not to be a doormat, but that compassionate, loving side is is what makes feminine feminine. And I'm going to introduce the heart side of this now in terms of discharging your feelings or maybe this is the divorcing yourself from the emotional situation that you're that you're engaged in here is now let's say you have these people who come over to your home and they started to create chaos and now you're like you're doing this mental discharge you know from your feelings the limbic system is like flaring you got your your adrenaline is all pumping all over you're pissed off and like all these things I'm okay not worth my time and my energy and now you're like not only am I not dealing with this, I'm going to the other room and I'm locking myself in there. I'm not coming out until these MFers leave. Okay. <laughs> I always say, all right, if this is adult situation, you may want to reconsider, you know, your guests who are coming in. But again, in the event you're having children over or something like that, like you're largely instrumental in grooming them as they're going through their development. So here's what you need to know. You know, and this could even be nieces and nephews. This could be whomever, okay? And when they come over, if they're chaotic, children usually do. Like, they're pretty responsive to routine. And if your area is peaceful and they toss chaos in there all, all the time, you can be pretty rest, or you can pretty much rest assured that they come from chaos. And they're however old they are. This, you know, this applies to anybody. Like, oftentimes, dysfunction doesn't even recognize itself. And so they're just living how they know that they live every single day. And they come over and they start chaos. Now, maybe there's a little bit of a lead-in. And they're kind of nice and they're quiet and, you know, things are going well. And all of a sudden, there's like this major explosion. And you're like, what the hell happened here? Here's what I'm going to invite you to take a look at, okay? And this is going to be the softness edge of it. And it's going to be this. What you have to remember, especially when it comes to dealing with people, is that people, all right, they have habits. They're habitually acting how they act in their normal place. So you can't expect them to have, you know, the, the, the education or the intellect and the emotional quotient to be able to, you know, act differently, you know, in different situations if there's nobody to be the role model for them, first and foremost. Second of all, they're not aware that they don't have a problem or that they have a problem. Third of all, they're only a product, like how most people will behave when it comes to that chaos like that, it usually comes back to meeting needs. And it also exactly traced back to <laughs> developmental and 
things that happen within like the first seven years of their life like the first seven years of life yes this is totally psychology like it it molds you it plays a huge role in in how you develop as an individual whether your emotional maturity continues or if you get stunted right so if you're dealing with somebody who is older in years than they act okay the next thing that's going to help you is to understand the fact like okay they are held at a certain you know emotional developmental age they're stunted there i may be dealing with somebody who's an adult sized body but they are like two-year-old in nature okay so now you're thinking about like a two-year-old have you ever been with a two-year-old and all of a sudden like you're just walking down the road and down the sidewalk rather and all of a sudden they just like drop down on the ground and they're like oh my god ah!" and you're like what did you get stung by a bee like did something fly into your eye like what what are you are you dying inside like what is going on and there they are like "Ah!" you're like what and then they finally catch their breath and you're like what what's wrong and they're like the grass is green not purple Ah!" and then it's like you stand there and you (laughs) okay we're done here you don't try to rationalize with them and be like you know what kid you're gonna have a hard life if you don't accept the fact that grass is green not purple because it's never been purple like it's just green you don't do that because you look at these at the child and you say to yourself oh you're tired you're having your meltdown let's go home okay bye <laughs> and so that's what i'm going to ask you to try on when you're dealing with individuals who are difficult <laughs> now you have to look at them as though they're a two-year-old okay they're having a meltdown they're causing chaos because they're trying to meet some physiologic need they're having a disruption with their body chemicals we'll get into that separate segment and they're just trying to meet some sort of a need I should bring in the chemicals now. If you live in an area of chaos, whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis, your body establishes norms in terms of chemicals and like feel-good hormones and, and things like that in your body, like serotonins and dopamines and adrenaline and all that stuff, okay? Anytime there's change, change is, you know, it can actually be quite interesting to some people, but after a while, your brain, your nervous system, your body looks at the change. Change causes a disruption in your, what your normal level of brain chemicals are. And your brain is like, this has been great, but um, we're totally putting you, putting you back to how your brain, your chemicals were before. And whatever it takes in order to get that reestablishment of the brain chemicals, how they were before, I'm going to make sure that that happens. So this shows up <laughs> as outbursts in behavior. Okay, so it's happening at like the cellular level. It's also happening at the attention level. You you cause a problem and now all of a sudden you're the center of attention. You're getting attention, even though negative attention, still attention. Okay, so you're meeting that need and then you're also fulfilling the needs of your body to establish normalcy with where the chemicals have been. Does this make sense? Now, I've picked this thing apart to give you a pretty scientific and also, I I believe, pretty compassionate aspect how to view a situation when you're at the point where you're grooming yourself. 
Does that make sense? And I share that with you so that you can do that discharge and divorce from your emotions controlling you. And what that does is it totally allows you to be very present in the moment, very open, very compassionate, very graceful, and to handle yourself and ultimately the environment around you, regardless of what the heck is going on. It's pretty awesome, right? That's all the time that we have for today. <laughs> I know I'm cutting you short. I'm so sorry. This has been Nicole DeVincentis. It has been my absolute pleasure to be back podcasting with you guys. I have missed you so much. Welcome to all of the new people here. We're going to be doing a few more of these commanding your emotionality and women of strength things coming up in the near future. Merry Christmas and a very, very happy new year to you. Take care now. Bye-bye.